welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kids Show. This episode is going to focus on sensory processing and what happens when things are not quite going according to plan. So as an OT, um, I absolutely love all things sensory. And sensory processing disorder is a term that was coined by an amazing OT called Dr. Jean Ayres. And she said that it's like a neurological traffic jam, which prevents certain parts of the brain from receiving the information they need to adequately and correctly interpret that sensory information. Okay. And I think of this just as like a massive traffic jam. And some signals are delayed. Some of the traffic lights are not working. Um, and nothing is getting through the way it should get through within the brain. Okay. So your sensory processing, that's basically how our nervous system is going to get all the messages, all the information from our senses and turn them into our responses and our reactions. And when things aren't going quite right, the sensory information and the stimuli go into your brain, but they don't get organized into appropriate or correct responses. Okay. So it gets confused and the responses become confusing. And what you find is that people who have sensory processing difficulties respond quite differently to other people. Okay, we have two main areas of sensory processing. One is called modulation. So if we over or under respond to stimuli coming in. Um, and the other is called sensory discrimination. So using our senses to get specific or particular information about incoming stimuli. Okay, so if we think of modulation, um, I might have a paper cut and it might feel like it's the worst pain ever. And then I could have my son who whacks his arm into the door and has almost very little perception of that pain. Okay, um, if you're thinking of your sensory discrimination, that is when you're able to put your hand into your handbag or into your pocket, feel around at the objects lying there and know that you've taken out a pen versus a pencil or that you've taken out a coin versus something completely different. Okay. Sensory processing differences or difficulties has become one of the main reasons why kids are referred to occupational therapy. And quite often it's one of the main reasons that kids are dysregulated or why kids struggle to engage. There are tons of books on this. Um, and, you know, it definitely is something that is just so phenomenally interesting. So we have eight senses. We all generally know about touch, vision, hearing, smell, and taste. What we don't know about so commonly is our sense of balance, our body movement, also called the vestibular system. We don't often know about our proprioception, and that's your body awareness, knowing exactly what your body is able to do. And we also don't quite often know about interoception, and that's how everything inside is letting you know 
how you're feeling. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you anxious? Um, okay. And these senses all work so amazingly well most of the time. Okay. And I think one of the most important senses ever is your tactile system. Okay. It is just, I could talk for days and days and days. I won't. I'm hoping to interview some people um, about this, but your tactile system is super, super important. It gives you information about the world around you, about the shape, the texture, the size of things. It helps us to understand our surroundings. It, it helps you feel safe. It helps you to bond with other people, bond with those you love. Um, and it's super important for your social, emotional, physiological, and neurological development. And it also helps you to do really basic, simple things like manipulate objects or use tools. Okay, your sensory system has two parts. So you've got your protective system and your discriminative system. And when you are discriminating or struggling to discriminate, you might have a child who has really poor fine motor skills. They might need to touch everything. They might not appear to notice when they've touched something or if they are dirty. They could often drop things. They could have a really high pain threshold or a really low pain threshold. Now, a lot of the kids I see have an over-responsive tactile system, okay? And I'm going to tell you a little bit about a wonderful girl who I worked with. She was eight years old, and I can remember the first time that she came to see me, it was freezing outside. And in fact, I think it was one of those years where we had some snow. And what stood out for me was that she was not wearing a coat. She was not wearing a jumper. In fact, she was wearing really thin trousers, a short sleeve polo shirt. She was wearing no socks, no hat, no gloves. And her mom came in carrying her coat and a bag with all of her warm clothes including her underwear. Her tactile sensitivities were so bad that she was unable to wear underwear. She couldn't bear to have her hair brushed. She couldn't bear to have her teeth brushed. And she refused anything with long sleeves. And, you know, her parents were at their wit's end. They were feeling so guilty. Remember when we spoke about guilt? Aha, uh -huh, here it is again. And you know, they felt like they should have done something sooner, that there's something that they didn't do correctly, um, you know, and they came to see me just wanting some help. They hadn't been able to hug their daughter because it made her feel so scared. Okay, and this is not... A, a scenario that I see very little of. So many kids come to me because they feel uncomfortable in their own skin, literally. They feel like 
every touch is is literally an assault on their nervous system okay um what's happening in their brains is that they're thinking oh my gosh there's an attack i can't possibly um have someone wash my face or brush my teeth okay um and it's seen as a danger and what we're left with is the state of your fight flight freeze response and these kids become incredibly anxious so it's just our tactile system is so important you know if you think about when a baby is first born they encourage so much skin to skin right and if I think of the way I communicate with my kids I'm constantly you know ruffling their their hair or stroking their cheek or when I speak to a friend I might put an arm on their elbow uh, and just you know give them a little hug and that hug that pat that little touch conveys so much information it conveys that I'm here I am here for you you know feel reassured Um, I'm with you I'm engaged and I think one of the hardest things as a parent is to not be able to do this with your child. To have a child who has such significant sensory processing difficulties, particularly with touch, that they pull away every time you touch them. Can you imagine? Every time you try and change their nappy, they scream. Every time you buy new clothes, you have to wash it twice. When you wash the bedding, you need to warn your child that the bedding's been washed. Because even though... I love nothing more than getting into bed with a clean sheet. That feels different to the sheet that I had the night before. Imagine having your child tell you that they spend their entire lunch break or morning break in the bathroom trying to fix their socks so that the seam wasn't rubbing on their toe. Okay, these kids are constantly anxious. They're living in a permanent fight or flight mode. And It's so, so important that we can convey this to the parents of our families that actually it's not their fault. It's so important that we can have this information given to teachers because there's so much that we can do. Any carer who your child comes into contact with, let them know that actually my child is super, super sensitive to touch, okay? It is distressing for you, but it's exhausting for them. And we need to give those strategies, okay? Um, It's super important that we don't minimize how kids are feeling and that we listen to parents and understand that when they say, my child will not have a shower, they mean their child will not have a shower, okay? So... Easy, easy ways that you can develop your child's tactile system. Play-doh, okay? Using cutters, rolling pins, spoons. It is, you know, use those if your child is not yet comfortable to touch the Play-doh. And then when they are more comfortable, then, yeah, let them use their hands. Why don't you make a batch of cookies, okay? Crazy foam or soapy foam. It dries clear can be wiped off and is great for making snow where you clap the foam together 
Um, using a lot of sensory play like dried beans or dried rice, kinetic sand, once a child is okay with touching sand, um, and you know, using utensils again, serving spoons, um, anything like that to touch it instead of using their hands. Um, finger painting, finger paint with cream or custard. Um, again, using a spoon or a fork or a straw to blow the, um, the custard or the paint rather than having to touch it with their hands. It's really important that teachers and carers Grandparents, aunts and uncles know that if they're going to engage a child in messy play, always make sure that that child is given a choice, that they're given options, that they are given other ways of exploring that new tactile input because there's nothing worse than being forced to touch something, okay? Make sure that your teachers know or that your child minder knows that actually your child does not like crowds, so don't take them into crowds. Don't touch them lightly because light touch is one of those sensations that kids really find difficult if they're struggling with tactile input. Let them choose their own clothes. Let them sleep in their school clothes the night before, okay? If that's going to stop a fight or stop um, a massive bite of anxiety, then that's fine. Always use firm touch. Ask the teacher if the child can stand at the back of the line and they could hold the door open for their friends or they could stand at the front of the line uh, next to the teacher carrying her bags or her books. Okay, so having tactile sensitivities is phenomenally challenging and we need to make sure that we can connect with that child and let them know that they're not alone and that we're going to work with them. The other sense that I want to talk about today is proprioception and our vestibular input. Okay, so does this sound familiar? I had a little boy I was working with called Marco and... He'd come to see me because there were some concerns. He was constantly fidgeting about whether he was on the carpet or in his chair, was bumping into others. Marco was constantly chewing his pencils, chewing sleeves. His polo shirt collar was a mess. He was constantly leaning on others, pushing on them. Um, he would be drawing and pencils and crayons would snap would always be getting into trouble for pushing others, for hurting others, um, and and for breaking things, okay? And this poor kid was just, this is just him. He would get incredibly tired incredibly quickly, um, really, really struggled to balance, um, struggled with, being in the car, so there was some motion sickness as well. And learning to ride a bike was quite hard for him. Constantly spinning, constantly moving. It was like he needed to be upside down. And what this actually meant was that 
Marco came across as being quite disruptive. He came across as being a child that no one wanted to play with. And when he suddenly moved into a different class or a different year where he couldn't play, he couldn't learn while hanging upside down, he was really, really struggling. And what that meant was that his class was struggling and his teacher was struggling. But actually, he was really having a hard time processing the proprioceptive input and your proprioceptors are located in all your joints and every time you move, they're getting information, they're giving you feedback, they're letting you know exactly how much force to use, how to grade your movements, how to be able to, you know, um, tie your laces without looking at your hands. That's all good proprioception. Um, And some really simple things that we can do and something you'll hear a lot of is called heavy work. Okay, so heavy work is when you use all your muscles and you become aware of them even after you've stopped using them. So for these kids, give them activities that involve resistance. And this goes, ties in really, really well for kids who have tactile sensitivities. Okay, so as adults, we might lift weights or run. Um, I mean, I'm hoping you're being chased. That's why you're running. Um, Gardening or digging. Okay, and at home, what you can do for kids is you can involve them doing things such as pulling laundry baskets, um, shaking out their duvets, taking wet washing out of the washing machine, um, sweeping, digging holes, kneading bread, um, a trampoline, amazing, okay? Um, Have them have a little backpack carrying their shopping bags, Um, using the cushions from your sofa to make an obstacle course, cleaning the whiteboard at school, you know, um, moving chairs, moving furniture, carrying books from one class to another. That's all going to give vital, vital proprioceptive feedback and input, which is going to help that child, like Marco, feel really regulated, feel calm, and it's going to mean that he can focus and pay attention. And by having these types of activities regularly throughout the day, we're going to find that Marco is going to be much more relaxed and he's going to learn and he's going to do well. Okay. So proprioception is also one of my top, top senses. Okay. Then we have our vestibular system, which is all about our movement. So Marco loved to spin. Marco was constantly rocking. Marco loved being upside down, yet Marco got car sick. So a child like this is, is, is having difficulties with his vestibular system. So what we're going to do for him is, you know, the sofa cushions that you use to make an obstacle course, well, they can use that to jump on. They can use bouncy castles, use a trampoline, um, using swings and slides. Okay, that's going to be an amazing thing for them to do. And then combining all of the movements that you do with proprioception. These are just some, some strategies that you can use if you have a child who is struggling processing movement, processing proprioception, and 
It's going to help them just feel less overwhelmed and much more regulated, much calmer. Okay, so I like to think of proprioception and vestibular inputs as like superheroes. So incredibly powerful, but use them with caution. Okay, so remember, a child can over-respond or under-respond. Sometimes they can even do both. And remember that tactile defensiveness can have a massive impact on a child and their family and all of those around them. Okay, um, so sensory processing is that amazing, amazing thing that happens in our brains without us even realizing how we can turn messages from our, our senses into responses and reactions. Thank you for listening. Chat next time.